Hello everyone, this is your host Nandini Ray and you are listening to the Maitri podcast between friends conversations with Maitri. February is Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month and this is a great opportunity to listen to and talk to our youth community members about healthy dating relationships. So in this episode, um, I have invited three South Asian youth, Nidhi Satyagal, uh, Hajra Usman, and Sid Bharati. Uh, we will hear their opinion on how cultural and familial expectations uh, impact dating relationships for South Asian youth. Are South Asian youth comfortable sharing their dating experiences with their parents? Do they receive enough guidance and support from their families in understanding the concept of healthy partner relationships. Uh, but before we start our discussion, let me welcome our guests. Uh, thank you so much, Nidhi, Hajra, and Sid, for coming to our show. Uh, would you please introduce yourselves to our audience? Hi, everyone. My name is Hajra Usman, um, and I am actually a clinical research assistant. Happy to be here. I guess I'll go next. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Sid, and I'm a recent graduate from UCSB, um, and I work in a research lab, and I also work uh, in a clinic as a medical assistant. And Nidhi? Hi, I'm Nidhi. I also recently graduated from UCSB, and I'm the Prevention <laughs> Program Associate at my three. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I'm a parent of two teenagers, and uh, I know many parents like me um, constantly think about how to have open communication with our children on identifying signs of toxic dating relationships so that we can prevent teen dating violence before it uh, occurs, even before it occurs. Uh, on the other hand, some of us... Uh, feel uncomfortable uh, having open communication with our teen children about dating relationships. And it's probably be because we are not used to having such conversations like most of us. Um, we didn't have a conversation on this topic when we were teens with our, our own parents. And that perhaps became a cultural trend. Um, but during my conversation with my own children and other community youth, I have realized that unless both generations make efforts to create a, a space to communicate with each other, we probably won't be able to guide our teens about um, about healthy dating relationships. Um, and so, you know, um, I actually uh, think that we should have multiple conversations on this topic uh, where is the gap so that we can understand the gap and we can kind of, you know, uh, mitigate that gap, reduce that gap. Um, so for that reason, I want to know from your generation uh, that what is your viewpoint um, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, do you think that South Asian teens talk to their parents about their dating experiences? If not, then why? What did you see in your in your network, in your with your peer? Um, I think that it really depends on the person and the relationship that they have with their parents, or I guess more appropriately, like the relationship that their parents foster with their kids. 
Um, I think that kind of defines the type of communication South Asian youth have with their parents about dating. Um, I think that sometimes where where they fall short is that like the parents lead with fear instead of um, with like transparency. And I think that creates an environment where sometimes um, teenagers are not really comfortable coming to their parents and talking about their their dating relationships, their dating experiences. And then I think, unfortunately, like with that, if something, if, if that relationship ends up being a dicey situation, that conversation is not transparent either. So what do you mean by fear? Did I hear you correctly? Fear? Yes, I said fear. Um, I think, I mean, I guess by that, I just meant that parents, I mean, kids are afraid of their parents' reaction sometimes. I think that it's the first reaction that an adult has to a kid coming to them. I say kid, but I mean more broadly, like teenagers and young adults. Um, if they come to their parent or an adult in their life and they're like automatically met with disapproval or with shame or anger or something like that, then they're going to respond by either stopping to share their experiences or they're going to be defensive. I think it creates, a, it doesn't create open communication and it, it makes them nervous. Okay, but my question is that that do you think like in your uh, in your network, um, do you think that uh, South Asian teens talk to their parents or not? Yeah, I think I think it depends. I I think that like largely it depends. I think a lot of times because of the sort of because they're nervous to see what their parents' reactions are, they don't. Okay. So I, I would say that maybe like seventy thirty. Okay, got it. Um. Hajra, Sid, anyone? Um, I think that a lot of families coming from South Asia see dating as like a very like trivial matter. And I think it's really important as you're like growing up to have like experiences of trial and error with whoever. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that a lot of families and parents will see it as a waste of time or like really trivial. So if your parents aren't going to take it seriously, then like, who do you have to like, I don't know, go and talk about these things with. And it's mm -hmm. also like kids are going to try and model what they see in their home. And like a lot of families coming from maybe like, like really rigid, like familial structures, or if they've been raised with like a very like strict notion of like, like what a relationship between two people should be. Or like if, like their parents were arranged and they're not happy and they're like sticking through with it and they don't really have like a concept of what a healthy relationship is. Why would that give them the space to like open up, open up about their own like experiences and explorations? Like one, either the parents aren't going to be able to relate or they'll see it as trivial or they'll see it as like a waste of time. Um, which I feel like, you know, if a kid is like trying to explore and figure out what they like and don't like brushing them off is like the worst thing you can do. And I feel like that happens quite often. Mm, interesting. Hajira? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that I think it's, um, it's uncommon, I think, in the South Asian community for 
children, teens, young adults to be having these conversations with their parents. Um, a lot of my perspective and experience draws on um, the Muslim community because I am Muslim. And so I think there are some religious aspects that come into play um, uh, and there are restrictions. So like we don't really even allow dating at that age, right, in, in the Muslim community. So I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of um, South Asian Muslim parents are not really open to having these conversations. So I would say from that community, I definitely don't think that a lot of people, young people are um, open to or even are having those conversations with their parents. And that's just not something that's, um, that environment just hasn't really been created, unfortunately. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, and you were talking about Muslim community, but uh, I have also seen in other South Asian communities, other religion, uh, like Hindu community, I am from Hindu community, and I have seen many, uh, many of my friends, uh, they are extremely uncomfortable even talking about uh, uh, this issue with their children, and they assume that uh, uh, their children, teen, especially teens, cannot even think of dating. Um, so, um, you know, um, like what I'm uh, listening from you, uh, all three of you shared that uh, the most teens um, do not share their experience, understanding about dating relationship with their parents, uh, then I'm assuming um, they're not, if they don't have any open communication, then they're not um, getting any guidance from their parents about identifying a toxic dating relationship. And in that case, uh, if they're in some kind of abusive relationship, then they either, um, either they suffer in silence or they reach out to their friends, uh, perhaps uh, for advice and uh, who are also teens. Uh, so um, I don't know, maybe that can create uh, a dangerous situation. Do you think so? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think so, especially when, like I said, they don't really have any baseline for like what a healthy relationship should be. Um, mm -hmm. Then they're just kind of like going for it and hoping for the best. And maybe they'll realize too late that they were in an unhealthy situation. Yeah. So those who are listening to this show today, if you are a parent, please know that if you think that teens don't get into any dating relationships, um, uh, so we don't have to discuss this topic with our teen children, then I would like to share some concerning statistics with you. Uh, according to the National Domestic Violence Hotline, 43% of U.S. college women report experiencing violent or abusive dating behaviors. And one in three teens, one in three, Teens in this country will experience abusive behavior before they become adults. So the statistics prove that teens are not only having dating relationships, but also facing violence and abuse from their dating partners. So it is high time uh, we focus on how to guide our children in identifying healthy and unhealthy dating relationships, rather than assuming that they are not in any partner relationships or because they are not allowed to or because they don't understand dating relationship. Um, if they are not in any relationship, partner relationship, then it is fine. But what if they are in any relationship that we as parents we don't know and they are suffering? 
But if we don't have open space uh, to have a conversation with our children about this issue, then we won't know whether they are facing any abuse or uh, or or they are if they are abusing someone. So why in most South Asian um, households we fail to create a non-judgmental open space to have an open conversation with our teens on this topic? Um, so I would like to know from uh, from our guest from you three um, about the unique challenges South Asian youth face in general when navigating conversation about dating relationships. Um, what have you observed? I can start. Um, I think some of the unique challenges um, come from the different points of reference that South Asian youth face, especially, I think, specifically South Asian youth that are children of immigrants. Um, I think there is just a really, really different set of life experiences that somebody, um, somebody who's an immigrant has compared to their child that grows up here. And I think often that creates lots of different um, issues with like understanding and communication. And I think that's a big one. Um, I think another thing is that the South Asian community has its own set of prejudices that I think are often reproduced with the youth here. Um, or even if they're not, I think sometimes parents or adults in their life like put impose those belief systems on them. So whether that's traditional gender, um, a very, very rigid traditional gender structure or um, and or other like discriminatory belief systems, um, whether that's like on the basis of religion or caste or race, so many different things that I think are sometimes imposed on kids by parents that hold those beliefs for a host of different reasons and just have never deconstructed them or just continue to perpetuate them. Um, I think that's very unique to the South Asian community. And yes, I think that the gender roles, the traditional gender roles in the patriarchy that's like really prevalent in South Asian communities um, is like creates a lot of, it creates situations where I think boys are not um, held accountable from a young age. And I think that really affects um, dating relationships that youth have. And it also affects communication that youth have with parents. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, maybe you took a lot of my thoughts out of my head too. So, um, but just drawing on what you said, I think that there's definitely some cultural, religious um, expectations that I think parents have um, and a lot of the time that does have to do with uh, being immigrants and moving to this country with a different set of um, expectations on what uh, having relationships looks like. Um, and then children who are maybe growing up here have um, adopted a different mindset about dating and, and having relationships at an earlier age than maybe our parents uh, did, um, you know. So I think that there is definitely some conflict there in terms of um, just what people think is okay to do at a certain age. Um, and, you know, I think, and unfortunately, like, that's just a lot of that has to do with, at least from my experience, like having immigrant parents and then growing up in the, in the Western world and just having a completely different idea. And as children, you're exposed to 
um, a different tradition and a different uh, society, right? And our parents aren't necessarily as receptive to that. And they want to hold on to certain traditions and beliefs that they grew up with. Hmm. Yeah. You know, some somebody, uh, someone told me that, uh, yeah, a cultural gap creates a barriers for South Asian teens discussing their dating relationship with their parents. But then there are parental expectations around focusing on academic achievement, um, if you are dating, then you must marry that uh, um, boy or girl. Uh, so dating within the community, if you are dating, then some South Asian parents, they are okay if their children are dating, but they need to be uh, within their own community or from their own you know, religious cultural background. Um, not only religious cultural background, but also um, socioeconomic status. And so uh, there are a lot of expectation, familial expectation, that actually broaden the gap between two generations. Um, and when uh, that youth was sharing that with me, I was also thinking deeply that, yeah, maybe uh, in our South Asian household, we, uh, we you know, put a lot of attention or um, focus on um, if if at all our children are marrying, they first of all, and sorry, dating, first of all, they are not uh, supposed to date with, uh, within certain age. After certain age, they're allowed to date, but then uh, are they dating uh, someone who they want to marry? Something like that. So there are a lot of uh, expectations, um, uh, familial expectations uh, youth face that can actually uh, disturb their um, their relationship. Uh, that also I have heard. Uh, but I, I I would like to know what Sid, uh, Sid, whatever you want to <clears throat> Yeah, I, I definitely agree with the point. Um, I think uh, a lot of parents can go zero to 100 with the expectations for dating where you're kind of really looked down upon for dating for a long time and then you hit a certain age and it's like oh you're gonna get married now and that <laughs> doesn't really give any space for the person to kind of explore and like understand what they like um regardless of you know how uh strict you are as a parent you're not like children are gonna explore and try and experiment and you know it would, i think it's better that they experiment and a safe controlled environment with where they know they have like a social support structure rather than um by themselves and i also think that like i don't know coming from like a culture of like arranged marriage a lot of parents struggle to go, like understand dating beyond uh, a marriage or friendship like binary and so um i don't know i know a lot of friends who are kind of put in situations of like educating their parents on what dating culture is and can be and I don't know for a kid that's not like the best situation to be in when maybe you want like guidance and support and education but you're put in the position to like educate because your parents don't really have the experience to help you navigate these situations um but it's not a bad thing I mean youth can educate their parents but First of all, we need to create that open atmosphere at our house yeah. so that both of us can educate each other. Um, yeah. It's not that if parents are thinking that, oh, I know, I'm a parent, so I know everything. Um, I know more than our kids do. So that is actually wrong 
um, wrong approach. Uh, and what you said that it is, uh, it's good actually that parents can learn from their from their kids because they are born and raised here. So what they are facing outside uh, home, um, it's possible that we are not facing as parents. We are not facing that. So yeah, Sid, you were right. Um, do you want to add anything else? No, no, I think that basically sums up my thoughts. Um, also, you know, that you touched one thing is that dating relationship in binary uh, relationship. I think that uh, the risk when we are not understanding open communication be between, there is no open communication between parents and teen children uh, about dating and if they are facing any um, any violence, abuse in their relationship, then obviously they won't seek help from their families and it makes the situation even worse for them. But the risks are even greater among um, LGBTQ uh, plus teens and youth um, because recent studies have shown that LGBTQ plus youth are more prone to teen dating violence and they don't um, get a safe space to share their experiences with their families. They are even more uh, vulnerable, like um, they are. Uh, it's possible that they uh, they are already having some issue about their gender identity with their families, and if they are facing any dating relationship and it is not going uh, in a healthy way, then it is becoming even more uh, burden on them, more uh, risk is create risk situation uh, for them. Do you think so? Don't you think so? Yeah, I mean, if um, like. Like heterosexual South Asians are already feeling so much discomfort and like opening up these lines of communication. I can only imagine how much harder it could be for queer communities where there's just so many more barriers to entry and so many more expectations to um, kind of push back against or challenge. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now uh, after our conversation, I think it becomes more critical to learn how to reduce the cultural gap between family members, how to have conversations with teens about healthy relationships um, and how to give them support. So uh, do you uh, do you have any recommendations uh, for parents uh, for my generation on how we can create a safe space to discuss healthy dating relationship? Uh, with our children? Um, I think that, I think, I think my recommendation would be to lead from a place of understanding instead of, I mean, to your point earlier about um, parents and kids can learn something from each other. I think that, I feel like that kind of covers it. It's just being open to hearing what your kid has to say, I think is, is the most important part because if you approach those conversations from, um, from, from a place of already having made up your mind or a, a place of my opinion matters more because I'm the parent and I, I have the authority here, then that's just going to create an environment where your kid is going to want to hide things from you more. Um, and I think that leading with understanding, I think is just most of the battle, just being open to hearing what your, what your child has to say, um, and always being open to learning. I think that, um, 
oftentimes the youth feel fear disapproval a lot. Like they're really anxious about it. They're anxious that um that they're it's going to lead to some kind of alienation within their family unit, within their communities. Um, and obviously this is much higher for the queer community too. Um, I think that making making youth feel safe is really important. And I think that's achieved through understanding. I think the idea that no matter what you share, no matter what you talk to talk to me about, you're safe here and I'm still gonna love you is just kind of the first step in fostering communication moving forward. So yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's important for um, parents to acknowledge how they leverage their authority when kind of opening up these lines of communication. Um, I think like it's important to kind of step down from someone who's um, like an authoritative figure to like someone who's more you know, understanding and supportive. Yeah, I totally agree with, with both of you so far. Um, I think that I have a lot of thoughts swinging in my head because there's so many different ways and I think it really depends on on individual relationships um, that people have with their parents and just kind of gauging what's kind of feasible, you know, what, what kind of environment is feasible. But I think that parents really have to step into the uncomfortable um, and be okay with and accept the discomfort. And like, I sympathize, like I know that that's not as easy as it is to just say that. Um, when you're so used to a certain way of life and a certain tradition and a certain, you know, certain values. Um, and then all of a sudden you have to, you know, drop that when you've already lived a lot of your life that way. Um, you have to drop that. But um, I think that it really starts with parents taking the first step and just being okay with being uncomfortable. Um, I think, I also think that it starts at a young age. So um, if, you know, some parents who have younger kids, um, just having those conversations when your kids are still young, like just talking about relationships in general. And you can use, like parents can use their own relationships to model that. From the community and background I come from, like we don't talk about any relationship. It's not just like teen relationships or relationships before marriage. Like it's just not a topic of conversation. Um, and so I think just opening it up to general talk about that when your kids are still growing up and just using your own relationship even to um, to model what healthy relationships look like. So that even if it's not something that you're comfortable having like an explicit conversation about, at least you're implicitly modeling that for your children um, and they hopefully will be more able to kind of recognize like, no, this is what a healthy relationship looks like, looks like versus a toxic one. And those are things kids pick up at a young age. So. That's one way to do it. And then I think as they get older, just stepping into the uncomfortable. Um, and I love what Nidhi said, like just being like, I'm here and I'm, I'm going to love you no matter what. And just really following through on that, on that statement. Wonderful, wonderful. I actually am learning a lot from this conversation, a conversation. And I think uh, who are listening to this show today, they will also reflect on their own behavior, on their, their own life and they will uh, see what they can do um and uh, hajra you you know pointed out so bravely that it is you know 
sometimes for us, for parents, um, it, it is some something is not very easy to you know accept or to understand because we are not used to, and we expect expect from our children to be. Uh, to be sensitive to to understand our uh, our um, stand that we are not used to having this kind of conversation. So we, what we I'm hearing from all of you that we must uh, create a bond with a lot of trust, dignity, and uh, safety so that we can trust each other. We can um, trust. Uh, we can you know uh, support each other um, with. Uh, and uh, with safety and dignity, and we we can uh, share uh, uh, our our problems with each other. And as you said, Hazra, that we should start very young. And uh, because you know, when we realize that um, probably we should start saying, I mean, uh, discussing uh, about relationship, uh, then probably it's too late. So we shouldn't let that happen. Um, so listeners, we must agree that if we want our future generations to have healthy partner relationships, then we must listen to and uh, provide safe uh, non-judgmental spaces for the next generation to share their thoughts and experiences with us. Uh, and by fostering healthy, supportive relationships, having open communication, and being a role model, good role model, um, you know, like you said, uh, Hajra, that we should also create, uh, be a role, present ourselves as good role models. Uh, that can help our children learn healthy partner relationships and prevent dating violence uh, before it starts. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely. Uh, I absolutely agree with uh, what you said. Um, so before we end, and if you have um, one uh, minute or you know thirty seconds to give any advice to our to my generation, to your parents' generation, what would that be? Um, I think I think to the point that everybody has touched on at this point. Um, I think oftentimes. Um, in the South Asian community, uh, people don't model good relationship behaviors um, within their own their own family dynamics. So I think for all parents and anybody who's a gen in that generation, I think to be mindful of the way that you're communicating with your partner um, in front of your child and to um, always lead with understanding um and prioritize prioritize making everybody feel safe would be i think the main goal okay sid yeah i mean um <clears throat> my advice would be kind of to let go of your expectations and just give space for your kid to uh make mistakes and learn from them and you know just be there to support them through those mistakes experiences. Mm. Adira? Yeah, I totally echo both of what Sid and Nidhi said. Um, I think I think that my best advice um, would be that understand that your kids are not trying to hurt you. Um, they're not doing anything that goes against what you might believe and what you grew up thinking is right. 
um, as an act of like defiance or trying to hurt you. Um, and also that stepping into um, some discomfort, I think all parents would agree that it's worth it when you know that it could save your kid from a really bad situation. Um, so just, you know, kind of holding that thought and knowing that um, at the end of the day, your kid's safety, your children's safety is more important. Oh, wonderful. So thank you for sharing your thoughts. Uh, thank you, Nidhi, Hazra, and Sid for uh, coming to our show and having an energizing discussion. I wish I could uh, continue this discussion, uh, but time is a factor, so probably we will have um, another uh, session for that. So today I will um, close uh, this session. So listeners, this is your host, Nandini Ray, signing off today. I will come back soon with another discussion. Bye for now. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Maitri podcast, Between Friends, Conversations with Maitri. Find all our episodes on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And please like and share. This show is for you. And um, follow our social media pages. It's uh, The handle is at Maitri Bay Area. Thank you so much. Maitri is a free, confidential, non-profit organization based in the San Francisco Bay Area that helps families and individuals facing domestic violence. Don't suffer in silence. Call Maitri Helpline 1-888-MAITRI, M-A-I-T-R-I. Visit our website, maitri.org. This show is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice. Always consult an attorney for legal advice. Views expressed by guests of the radio show are individual opinions and not endorsed by Maitri. This project was made possible by funding provided by Santa Clara County Office of Gender-Based Violence Prevention.